Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Entrepreneurs, where we celebrate and learn from fabulous black women who are out here killing it as moms in chief, running both their households and their businesses. I'm your host, Nancy Red, and I come from a lovely lineage of black mompreneurs in Southern Virginia. I am thrilled to present this intimate interview series that highlights inspiring and educational stories about how women are creating incredible opportunities and generational wealth for their families. But this isn't just about money. Balancing motherhood, mental health, and happiness is very important too, and we talk about that. From book empires to bonnet-wearing dolls to building franchises, these powerhouses are redefining what it means to be a working mama while inspiring a whole new generation of mothers to do it for themselves. Now, when we say our kids are our inspiration to become mompreneurs, sometimes we mean that figuratively, right? But in Ivana Uli's case, entrepreneurship came about literally because her young daughter needed role models and products and support that just was not in the marketplace at that time. So it was up to Ivana to make it happen. And as mom-in-chief at Beautiful Curly Me, that's exactly what she's doing. We are so blessed to have Ivana here with us today. I am such a huge fan. Thank you for being here. Thank you so much for having me. Excited to be here. Oh, one of the funny things is we always think about why do you want to have kids? You want to have kids because it's a legacy, because right. it's important to have kids, to have a little roll dog. Business inspiration was not really on your mind when you had your daughter, right? Not at all. Not at all. <laughs> Just trying to figure it out as a mom. Oh, but 10-year-old Zoe, she's 10 now. Mm -hmm. Tell us about what shifted for you? You, you, you. you came into motherhood with an MBA, but not with a business. You were working at a company, just a regular nine to five. Right. And then as your daughter grew older, what shifted? What, what took you from just um, marketing extraordinaire to mom and chief? <laughs> I love that. Mom and chief. Well, I would say, honestly, the, the moment really was when she came home from school one day and she literally said this to me, these words, mommy, why is my hair not straight or pretty like my classmates? And I, I was taken aback. I'm like, what do you mean? You're beautiful. You know, what do you mean? Like that just threw me for a loop, right? And so, you know, she said that that first day. I tried to talk her down. I said, no, don't ever say that. You know, you're beautiful. Your hair is beautiful. Everyone's, you know, everyone looks different. Just, you know, be proud of who you are. And so I said that the first time. She said it again, like, you know, another couple of days later. And then she said, mommy, but what's, you're not wearing your hair. This is what she said to me. And I was like, whoa. Because at the time. <laughs> kids call you out. <laughs> they call. She called me all the way out. <laughs> and I have to say, I mean, nothing wrong, obviously, with, you know, us black women expressing ourselves through different hairstyles and, you know, different hair types. Right. But I was, you know, I was hiding behind, you know, the weaves at the time. And so, you know, her saying that to me, it made me realize my little six-year-old daughter is watching me. And she was, you know, paying attention to the fact that at the time I was so petrified 
of my hair being seen, you know, because, you know, we know what's going on with corporate America. I mean, things are starting to change now with the Crown Act, Crown Act and things like that. But at the time, it was almost taboo to be seen without straight silky, like, long hair. And so I would go from literally, like, taking out my weave and making sure, like, I had an appointment to get it sewn back in. And it was just this rat race of, you know, trying to like maintain that perfect image. I talked to my sisters, you know, who had had daughters and I asked, what could I do? And, you know, they suggested, you know, you should get her a black doll. Like what kind of dolls is she playing with? And that's something I actually didn't pay attention to. And so I, you know, I got her a black doll. She liked the doll, but then she started complaining why this doll didn't have hair like hers. And that's another thing I didn't pay attention to because I'm thinking, oh, it's a black doll, you know, something that looks like her. Um, but this doll also had, we were growing had straight up, hair. It was exciting to get the black doll. Exactly. I didn't, uh, this is a sad, um, is, I didn't have a lot of dolls growing up. I had Me one either. black cabbage patch <laughs> that my dad like, they drove to Philadelphia and stood oh, in wow. a line oh, to wow. get. Oh wow! And I did. I wanted Barbies, but it was just we just maybe that was also a lie. They could have just said, "Well, there are no black there are no ones." <laughs> they just didn't want to buy them. <laughs> right, right. Actually, but for me, I actually grew up in an all-black society. So I actually grew up in Nigeria, and so were the I dolls did, black? Um, the dolls were black, but uh, no, actually, there was there was a mix, right? I don't. I, I'm trying to think. I didn't have a lot it's, of dolls either. So, but it was a mix. It's hard to remember all this. It's stuff. hard to the remember thing is, all we, this. Whatever pain and suffering, this is a different generation. Your daughter Zoe, she's talking to you. That's the interesting thing. We're changing exactly. perspectives. Can you imagine going to your mom being and like, saying, oh, I don't like my exactly, doll or something like that? Exactly. Would, would you have been met with the same compassion? Probably, uh, yeah, like, probably the not. Same thought, right? Probably not. And I think also the conversation would have been a little bit different too, because I mentioned the black society. Because I think Zoe was feeling that way because she was in a classroom where a lot of kids didn't look like her, right? And so, you know, she felt different. And people would ask her, you know, like kids would ask her questions about her hair. And I think that's really what you know drove that kind of thought process of why is my hair different? But for me, everyone was rocking cornrows just like me, right? So it wasn't anything much different. That's a great perspective. Yes, it, yes. This is your, your first generation. First generation. Raising a child. First generation American. That is a minority. Exactly, exactly. And so when, that was and the when light you're in this, you're scrambling. Me. Right, because I didn't resources. even anticipate this coming. Exactly. So of course, exactly. it was, you were totally blindsided. Yes. Yes. And then you went look and you got the black doll, yes. but the hair was unsatisfactory. Hair was unsatisfactory. And so he kept saying, mommy, why doesn't this doll have curly hair like mine? Or why can't she, can I, you know, doesn't she have braids? Like, you know, how sometimes I braid my hair because I, you know, she would wear cornrows to school sometimes. And I was like, mm, don't know. And so went to the stores and didn't find anything. And I told her that. And then next thing I started hearing, mommy, I want to make, I want to make dolls. I want to make a business. I'm like, make a business. <laughs> And like, how old is Zoe? Right, at this point? she's six years old. She's, she's six like, years old. I, I don't know where this came from, honestly. Like I said, I was just doing my thing at work, and so you know, she said she wants to, you know, she wanted to start a business. She wanted to make a business, and so I didn't take her seriously at first, and you know, I kind of was like, okay, okay. But she was persistent, and I started to listen to her. And she would say, "Mommy, you know, it would be so nice if we had a doll with locks, because you know, we had friends that had locks." And she's like, "You know, what if I had a doll with braids? What if I had a doll with curls?" And so I said, "Okay, Zoe, if you're serious, you know." I'll, I, I can work on this with you. And so that was how we started. And I made her promise she was going to take it seriously and we would do it together. That is very inspiring. And which yes. is why later we'll be interviewing your CEO, which yes. is Zoe. You are my mom CEO. And she, she, I report to her. CEO. You report to her. Absolutely. Uh, but <laughs> at the same time, a six-year-old doesn't yet have a credit line. Right. And when, <laughs> and when you're dealing with the product, yes. you can't just say, hey, I have this great idea. Absolutely. I have a business I want to start. Absolutely. Can you make me some dolls? Right. You have to invest. I have to invest. 
Exactly. Which is, and you have to find someplace worthy of your investment. Absolutely. So how did we get from six-year-olds, like, I want to start a business, mm -hmm. to what you have now, which is multiple dolls, multiple bonnets, silk pillowcases, an array of products. Books that Books she's written. That she's written. Puzzles. Yes. Everything. How do we get from nothing? What was the first step in creating the dolls? So first step was research, research, research. Because again, um, so background, um, I was in marketing strategy. I've worked in consumer products. I've worked in you know media, different industries, but never toy. And so for me, it was a huge learning curve, just trying to even understand <laughs> like where to start. And so a lot of trial and error, but of course, having the business acumen, I would say definitely helped. And so doing research and um, just good old fashioned Google, trying to see what was out there, um, kind of competitive landscape and just... Um, you know, starting to talk to manufacturers and, and start to get like ideas of like what costing would look like and talking to designers in terms of getting like the designs actually made and really listening to Zoe and hearing her kind of um, vision and trying to bring that creativity to life. So she would, you know, she couldn't really sketch. She's actually a pretty good sketch artist now, but you know, back then she did her little sketches like, you know, I would like this and I would like that. And we would talk about it. And then, um, so making sure I involved her on every like step of the journey um, was very important for me because again, this was her baby. This was her idea. And left to me, I was, I was very comfortable six figure job and I didn't really need to take on a new business. Right. And so, um, I would say doing that research and, 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 you know, the trial and error and getting the designs done and starting to like, you know, bringing samples and kind of work back and forth and iterate and just, you know, fail and learn. And we just, you know, you know, we just did what we had to do. And, you know, sh um, sure enough, by the time she turned seven, I would say the fall, by holiday, we missed holiday very narrowly. And so we launched January 2019. And so we had our first doll. So January 2019, she's seven years old. Yes. You did a lot in a short period of time. How yes. many dolls did you order for the first time under your brand, Beautiful Curly Me? Ooh, I would say the first order was pretty small. It was probably, I would say, I think we did uh, a thousand, if that. Yeah, I think a thousand dolls. And how long did say. it take you to sell out of that first? Right? <laughs> uh, it took it took a while, I would say, because again, this was not anyone's full-time focus. So it was, was in school, first grade, um, and I was going on second grade. And, you know, we were, you know, still I was still juggling, you know, full-time work and, and all of that. So what we were doing from a marketing standpoint was really going out to shows. And for me, I was very intentional about that because I wanted her to get that customer experience and really understand, you know, what it was like to actually have a product and sell it. And so for her, that was just amazing. Like her eyes would light up when the little girls would run up to her and hug the dolls and, you know, she would talk to them and she could see the exchange of money happening and things like that. So that was a really exciting time. So obviously 2019, this is before COVID, which is great. So we had that year. First year, I think we probably made like $10,000. Like it was nothing, but trust me, it was a lot for us back then. We were like screaming. We can't believe people actually bought these dolls that don't know us. Uh, so that was really exciting uh, just to kind of see her progress along that journey. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. From the time of inception to the time of placing the first thousand order, um, dollar orders, how much had you invested in um, the company? About $5,000. About $5,000. Mm -hmm. And 
this could easily could have been recouped if you like put the doll on Amazon or something or done a Kickstarter or something Absolutely. not tangible. Absolutely. Right? Like that would have been it. But but you wanted it. for a six or seven year old mm-hmm. the tactile experience. Exactly. Why was that important for you as a mother in this entrepreneurship venture with your daughter? I would say it was very important for me because I wanted to be true to the vision of of you know of my daughter, right? A lot of people, you know, put their kids up as props, right? And not saying anything's wrong with that, but you know, I think for me, it's genuine, right? She had the idea, she has the passion for it, and for me, it was very important for her to really understand and have a good grasp of what it was doing. So, learn that foundation to really be a businesswoman and a CEO that she is today. So, I think the little things and taking that slow path. There's nothing wrong with slow growth. So I'm very much a proponent of, you know, let's learn, let's figure it out, let's fail. Um, it's, you know, it's low risk. Um, but at the end of the day, I think the reward for me is really seeing her blossom into the girl that she is today. So so this is very important. Mm-hmm. So I have known Ivana for a while because she carries a line. <laughs> she and her daughter Zoe at Beautiful Curly Me carry a line of doll bonnets, child bonnets, and adult <laughs> bonnets, and they're matching. And I'm a Southern woman from Southern Virginia. And there's one thing we love is matching stuff. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and it just is adorable. So Zoe had this really great idea of why, mommy, wouldn't it be cool if I could get a bonnet to match um, with my doll? Oh, my, get my doll a bonnet to match with me for nighttime, right? And I was like, oh my God, that's a great idea. Looked around, I didn't find anything like that because that did not exist. And so I'm like, this is great. So um, again, did our thing. <laughs> um, worked with a local designer, um, kind of got them, uh, you know, sketched up and um, made the first like set of samples. And we actually started producing them locally here in Atlanta. When did you start producing the doll kid and mama bonnet <laughs> right around the same time so we launched them like early 2019 that's amazing yes and uh when you were doing this the thing is it's very because as yes, you know i have this book bedtime bonnet mm-hmm. and now we've got super bonnet on disney yes bonnet's just yes. everywhere yes but at this time people need to understand it was just this was not a thing this was there not were no a thing. bonnets there were no bonnets no bon- especially no doll and girl bonnets and i think it's so important it was such a great idea that she had because it really teaches girls and reinforces the idea of you know, taking care of your hair at nighttime. If you want to love your hair, you need to learn how to take care of your hair. And so having yourself match with your doll just makes it more fun and exciting. And we heard from a lot of moms that said, you know, now my daughter wants to go to bed with her doll because, you know, they're matching and they're wearing the bonnets. And then mommies were like, we want to get involved. So actually we started with the girl and doll and then the moms were kind of like, we want we want to match too. And so we added on the the mommy bonnets as well. Right. That's how I ended up with the book because my right. daughter didn't want to wear the bonnet. And I was like, girl, you're with the bonnet. <laughs> yep. And there were no resources. So we write the book. And it's Love important that. to think about your entrepreneurship as altruistic and holistic yes. when it can be because it makes it so much more fun. So numbers, um, numbers wise, we sell definitely sell more dolls. And I think for a while there, like you said, we were kind of like, is it the bonnets? Is it the dolls? But uh, the dolls definitely have have definitely have inched out from, you know, from the get go. And I would say it's just because of the authenticity of the story. Um, right. Because you can get bonnets in a lot of places now, especially now. And people have since started making, you know. And that's how it goes, right? And the more, the merrier. Uh, But I would say, you know, having a young girl creating a doll for other girls like her so they can feel confident and powerful, you can't replace that, right? So I think that's really what draws everyone to the brand. And that has continued consistently making those dolls perform um, even uh, more stronger. So I would say that is the cornerstone of the portfolio. The books are a second, I would say, uh, because, um, you know, Zoe wrote uh, Beautiful Curly Me, the, uh, the book. 
uh, in, I don't even know, I'm losing track. I think it's been two years now she, um, she released the book. She was eight when she wrote the book. And um, the book is a book of affirmations. And she'll tell you more about it. Yes. But it's a great compliment to the doll. And so we found a lot of customers bundling the two together. Um, and then, you know, she came out with a gratitude and kindness journal. And so I think we're seeing customers wanting more books and more enrichment for their kids, right? So we think about the whole girl. And so it's more than just the bonnets. It's more than just a doll. It's about how do we really create this this girl that is confident and she's ready to navigate, you know, the world. And the more we can pour into her through media, um, that's really kind of where we see ourselves going. Uh, we've seen, um, gotten so many uh, press features, Good Morning America, Forbes, People, Kelly Clarkson Show. And so the more our story gets out there, the more we continue to see growth. And so it's been it's been really amazing to just see the growth and have Zoe be able to say, you know, I've made six figures in the fourth grade, right? And so that was at the time, now she's in the sixth grade. And so we just continue to grow. And so we're excited about our next milestone of getting to a seven-figure business soon. <laughs> That's incredible. Yes. And so for moms watching this, a lot of times they think, oh, I just can't do this. Well, mm. you are fortunate to have an MBA background. Do you right. think that this type of, uh, uh, this type of endeavor is feasible without your know-how because I'll be honest as someone who has spent way too much money and time over the last <laughs> 15 years trying to come up with bonnet prototypes I've been trying to recreate the shower cap just me my little mannequins mm. and my little stuff my little sad situations <laughs> like on Alibaba you know you're so inspiring to me because you're just Ali. like I, <laughs> girl I mean everybody loves Alibaba everybody until loves Alibaba. until you get your prototype back you're like wait Alibaba why are you playing with me there's like, a method to the madness oh you, like that's offline I guess that's, that's what, then we'll have to have another interview mm -hmm. but for you to be able to streamline this so yes. quickly in this six-month period of time, it has a lot to do with your business acumen that you were educated in. Or would you say that this, the, any, the information is out there for anyone mm -hmm. to figure this out? I would say it's a little bit of both for sure. I mean, I think the business background helps. But again, business for corporate is very different for startup, right? And I think, you know, when you're in a situation where you're, you know, backed by a huge company and you have a huge team and there's millions of dollars at your disposal and, you know, coming to a, starting your own thing from scratch where you don't have resources and you're bootstrapping and you're trying to figure things out. It's very different. So I would say, yes, it helped. But at the same time, I don't think anyone should limit themselves because they don't have a business background. There's a lot of information out there. There's groups and communities you should be part of. Um, I would say, um, you know, I think the biggest things that we've learned have come from just being in the right circles. And so um, starting off, you know, we didn't know what we didn't know, but as we've learned, you know, it's all about, you know, your associations, right? And so I'm very big on, you know, making sure we're um, plugged into the right communities. So we, um, you know, have done a couple of accelerators, which have helped us so mentoring and getting coaches and, and just re really like, you know, filling those gaps, like joining WIT, for example, like really getting with is women industry. in toys which women is an amazing toys. organization that we're both part of yes, because yes. um it, it because that and i think this is very important for people who are aspiring to be like you and absolutely because you spend just as much time on your product and mm -hmm. figuring out the product as the networking absolutely because what when you have a product it's very different from a service Yes. or uh, a position yes. or something like that. Yes. You have to have inventory, yes. you have to have storage, you have to have um, uh, a way Figure for, out your supply to sell, chain, a supply chain, the marketing, materials, yes. differentiation. A lot of moving parts. And uh, 
10 cents can mean the difference between yes. your profit being $50,000 yes. or $100,000. I mean, literally, literally. Right? I would say um, you just have to give yourself grace and, you know, know that there are seasons where, you know, you're in, in situations where you're able to do a little bit more of this. Or sometimes you just have to really do the work because you can't really cheat doing the work like the work has to be done product development takes a long time and you know you have to be really good at multitasking and and project managing and <laughs> did you ever and just want to give up <laughs> a lot was of there times. a time what, was there a, a epic fail that you just were like come on really like, yeah yeah i would say um covid uh was did a number on on product-based businesses especially people that have to deal with overseas supply chain was a complete mess we completely missed holiday. We had a whole lot of back orders and angry customers. And you said the dolls were going to get here by this day. And there, you know, it was kind of out of our hands. And so, but of course, you know, you try to explain to people, but people, you know, have parted with their hard-earned money. And so justifiably so, they want answers. And so we just did our best to get in front of it by being proactive with communications. Oi and I would record videos and be like, we're so sorry. Aww. You know, and we try to add, you know, give How could you be mad value. at Zoe? Listen, they were still mad at like, no, <laughs> we know she's cute, but we need our, <laughs> we need our stuff <laughs> or give me a refund. And so just, that was a hard lesson because I think, you know, we learned the importance of planning ahead and like placing larger orders and just having that safety stock. Well, it's scary though. It's and scary. That's the thing. So $5,000 is one to, thing because how much money to do So that. for example, the large order, what's the largest order you placed? Um, $5,000. $5,000. How much money do you have to put in to get that $5,000? That's like, ooh, a lot. A, a lot, lot. A like, lot. A just, lot. This is not like. It's not. It's, it's not, not like a luxury vacation. It's no. just like a house down payment. Yes. It's a lot of money. <laughs> uh, and especially, you know, this is your, you've earned this money, blood, yes. sweat, and tears. Your daughter's yes. been out there. And it's all money dolls. you're putting back into the, you're reinvesting money as they come, you know, as they come in to go back into the business. So it's, it's bootstrapping. It's tough. So that's the importance of, you know, looking for ways to get capital. So like looking for grants and other alternative means of financing. Which or are maybe out there. Like, which it's, are out there. Absolutely, which are out there. Do you have um, any resources for anyone listening who yeah. might, or any, any any programs or grants that have been especially helpful to you? Yeah, so we, um, so Hello Alice is a great um, resource for, they always have a lot of different grants that they post on there. So we've applied, we've won a few grants from there, from Amazon, Fearless Fund is another one um, that has, gives our grants to black women. They also invest in black women as well. Um, from a you know venture capital standpoint, um, we did. Um, we're part of the Russell Center here in Atlanta, so it's Russell Innovation Center for Entrepreneurship. We actually have office space there, and they're just a huge hub for Black entrepreneurship here in Atlanta. And they provide you know resources, coaching, um, and access to um, capital partners that you could talk to about different kinds of alternative investments for your business. Um, we did friends and family out in California, actually. We, it was virtual. And that was another great accelerator that we did through Slauson & Co. So it's just about kind of being out there. And, um, you know, once you get plugged into these startup communities, and it just starts to snowball, I would say. So it's been a lot of that. And when you see your daughter mm -hmm. leading in this way and, and earning all this money with a wonderful product, how does it make you feel? Proud, blessed. Um, I mean amazed a lot of times because I look at her and I, I can't believe she's 10 years old. Like she's 10 going on. <laughs> I mean, she's such an inspiration to me as a mom. Um, just, you know, hearing what, you know, everyone says about her and, but also seeing her and seeing her from a day-to-day -day standpoint, she's so humble. She's so down to earth. She's so focused. And um, I learned a lot from her because, 
you know, she's able to somehow find a way to balance being a straight-A student with um, being a young boss and inspiring others and writing books and, and just juggling it all so gracefully. So I learned a lot from her, and I'm very inspired by her. And I it just goes to tell other moms out there, I mean, our children are all brilliant, I mean, in all different ways, right? So it's all about finding that passion in your child and just nurturing it. And so for me, I think that's all I did. I was just did what I was supposed to do as a mom, right? Also listen to them. Yeah, listen to them. Think em. about if our parents had listened to us. Absolutely. All the things they could have done. All the Because we were constantly telling them yes. what's missing. Like you listened listen. to her. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And because of that, you have a family business that's building generational wealth. What does your mother have to say? Because this must be beyond her wildest imagination. Growing up, we of all, all of our mothers had little side hustles, right? They had business. We've all, I feel like black women in particular are inherently entrepreneurs. Absolutely. Because in order to survive, in order to make it, in order to keep our families going. Yes. That it, it is called by different names. Yes, cleaning houses on the weekends, yes. baking pies to you know get the extra cash. Right, you know, um, selling selling certain <laughs> things and getting it back. You know, just in the community, like trade, like doing some hair. Yes, yes. Just, but just to think of it on this scale, using that same brilliance that was right. stifled for a variety of reasons. Right, right, right. What does your mom say when she looks at her granddaughter? How far things have come? Right. She's just she's so proud. She's so proud of her. She just can't believe it. She's every time she <laughs> every time she's around, she's like, oh my goodness, I can't believe it. This is this is this is little little Zoe. Like, look at her. You know, such an inspiration. And I think, you know, it just it makes her so proud. So my mom is a big inspiration for me as well, um, because she's such a giver. She has a nonprofit for women in Africa and she does a lot of community work. And so I think that's where Zoe sort of picked that up from this whole idea of giving back and not just it's not about being in business to make money it's about being in business to make impact and so from day one we've always given back to girl empowerment organizations and then we recently launched the buy one give one model where it's you know just to make it more tangible again it's like you know so you know when you're buying a doll another girl's getting a doll and it's like it's not just about the doll it's about giving her something that she can see herself in which is just the first point in that journey of building her self-esteem and self self-confidence so so often when we speak to individuals, their mother was an inspiration. Yes. Uh, my mom was an inspiration, yes. right? And and that's why I want to have these conversations because not everyone has that mama. Right. Not everyone has that family. Right. Or that oomph behind them, right? Mm-hmm. What do you say to a, a wannabe mompreneur mm-hmm. who would like to try their hand at a product mm-hmm. like like your dolls or like your pillowcases or like your bonnets or just a product in general, mm-hmm. um, but they're afraid and they don't have a role model in right. their family? There are role models everywhere, right? It might not be your family, unfortunately, but you know there's there's strong women everywhere, and I would say find find someone, uh, find a network, find a sisterhood, because there's so much power when women get together. Um, you know, it might be a best friend, it might be a cousin, it might be whoever, uh, but I would say don't be afraid to lean into your greatness because we all have that in us, like you rightly said, and um, just that encouragement. Sometimes we have to encourage ourselves. But, you know, it's always helpful when you have, you know, that 
sister or someone around you that can also encourage you. So call me if you need to. <laughs> She's on internet all the time. Y'all are always on, on social media. Yeah, but I, I love yeah, I love to encourage other women. And I have a lot of women that reach out and they want to start businesses with their children as well. And I'm like, you know, you could do it, you know. And that's something that, you know, we've been looking to probably roll out soon is, you know, how do we kind of start to, you know, really create a community around. You I know, love that. So you'll be doing what your mom is doing in Africa here. <laughs> yeah. helping, we're helping women yes. figure it out, but with their kids. Yes. This is fantastic. Yes. Um, yes. Is there a pitfall that you would warn people? Before getting, before before getting into your type of entrepreneurship with products, um, is there something that you wish you to had known before mm. you began? I would say um, it's important to just plan for the worst. Um, understand that things cost a little bit more than they you think they will. Uh, so find a way to figure out what that you know, how to kind of bridge that gap. So if, if you don't quit your job, like if you don't have to um, right off the bat. And that's very um, important because, yeah. you know, I, I, I talk to a lot of different people. Some people are just like, I was like, quit my job and I'm like, I'm done. I'm just yeah. like, but wait a second. Right. Who's, who's gonna, supporting you? Who's going to pay And I see you like, mom, you're a single mom. My mom was a single mom. My mom was like, don't ever quit your job. And I think that a lot of people listening to this are like, I can't be an entrepreneur and still hold down this job. Oh, Far yes, from the truth. You absolutely can. You absolutely can. You can wear multiple. We, we do it all the time. All the time. We're, Raising children, we're, we're doing all the things. I mean, at some point, you know, you will want to focus, right? Especially if you're trying to, you know, build a global empire like Zoe's trying to do. So it requires a lot of focus. But I would say in the beginning stages, don't be afraid to start small. You know, don't despise the day of humble beginnings, right? Just get started. I think the most important thing is get started. Um, use the little thing that you have and just continue to watch it multiply. Um, but don't be afraid to, to take the leap and, and start. Um, let the job, you know, Fund your business, um, if you will, and then obviously you, there, are, you know, there are creative ways to fund your business these days. There's friends and family. If you don't have friends and family, you can Kickstarter, like you mentioned earlier, um, or you can, you know, do the old-fashioned way with credit cards or loans and things like that. But I mean, don't go into debt too much over um, your business. But I would say, if you have something that you're passionate about, um, it will sell. I mean. Find a way to create a story around your brand because um, we found a lot of success with, you know, really telling our story and being our authentic selves. And I think that's so important. People need to know why you're doing what you're doing and why, why should they care and why is it meaningful. So once you figure that out, um, it will sell. It will sell. And so, you know, try and, and be consistent with it. Don't give up too early. Sometimes we, you know, things don't like, you know, there's not, not traction, as much traction as we want, like in the beginning. And we, you know, we fall back. But sometimes it takes time. Well, it's just like my mom always said, because um, I was a I was a hot mess of a child. I would like go in and out <laughs> being appropriate, and you know she held in there. Uh -huh. And uh, exactly, and, look at and, look at you today. And, and she always says, "You never give up on your children. <laughs> you never do." And, and your business give you your baby. You give your business is yeah, like your baby, right? Yeah. So you can't give up on your little business. Yeah. If you had given up at COVID, you all wouldn't be here today. Exactly. But sometimes, sometimes it's you know you gotta. You got to let it go, though. Yeah, but you, gotta, you have to, but <laughs> but you that, have to give it an, a, a fighting chance. You have to give sure. it a fighting chance. For sure. For sure. Uh, and for sure. I'm, I'm so glad you're here. The yes. thing is, though, you are but one element of this. I want to talk to your daughter, yes. if that's okay. Absolutely. Because, you know, when you found out that you were pregnant, the last thing you were thinking, I'm sure, was we're going to have a, a whole a business, worldwide business yeah. together. Not at all. Not at all. And it's incredible. It's a happy accident, but it's such a blessing, I have to say. It's 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 a calling. It really is. And it's not something I plan, but I can totally see how, you know, now that I see where we how far we've come and where we're going, it just makes total sense and it just feels so right. So I'm really blessed to be on the journey with her 
And uh, yeah, I'm excited for you to talk to her. Do you love being a mompreneur? <laughs> I do. <laughs> what do you love about being a mompreneur? And you um, can even say, I love being a mompreneur because. Uh, I love being a mompreneur because it allows me more time with my daughter. Not that I need enough. <laughs> I don't have enough of it. But it allows me to be part of something bigger than myself. And building generational wealth and building a legacy. And the fact that I get to do it with my daughter is, is, is really like the icing on the cake. It's a blessing. I love it. Okay. I am excited to talk to your boss. Okay. Okay. Talk to the boss. Hello, <laughs> boss. Good. Come on. All right, Ms. Zoe Ali. I am so proud of you because at six-year-old, you told your mom what? I told my mom I did not like my hair. I wished it was straight like my classmates. She went back to the stores. She could not find any dolls that met my demand or my want. And so I told her I wanted to, you know, start my own business and make dolls for not only myself, but other girls to see themselves reflected in. And not even four years later, you're 10 years old, you're in the sixth grade, you skipped a grade. And somehow in all of this, you and your mom have created a business where you're making over $100,000 in profit already at just 10 years old. How does this make you feel? It makes me feel so happy that I'm able to see all the impact that I'm that I have on the lives of others and how I'm able to make other girls feel really makes me excited and ready to do more. So now at 10, after being CEO of Beautiful Curly Me for this time, you have the know-how and the expertise. You can just soar and do whatever you want. You've been writing books, you're creating product lines, but at six, clearly you needed some help. Uh, aren't you so glad that your mom decided to become a mompreneur? Yes, I am so glad because she helped me so much along this journey. When I'm at school, she helps with the day-to-day -day operations, and we have a lot of meetings and talk about everything. So she really is helping me so much along this journey. Now, do your middle school classmates know of your success? Yes, they know all about my business, and they are so supportive. I just came back. Uh, a couple of months ago, my friend's like, oh my gosh, I bought your book. I love it. So they're very supportive and love my business and are very supportive of me. Some kids might think their parents don't listen to them. You're very lucky to have a very smart mom who recognized her daughter was very smart and listened to her. What do you say to parents who, whose kids might be inspiring them or telling them something um, that could be a really good boon for the family, but they're just kind of like, oh, that's just child talk. What do you say to people who might not realize how much brilliance is in a child's mind? I would say listen to your child because they know they have this idea and let them follow their passions and really support them. I know that a lot of parents out there are helping their children and support them along their journey. So help them follow their dreams. And really, that's what a parent does. So, And the dreams that you follow can be so awesome. You've sold yes. thousands of products, dolls, bonnets, books, pillowcases, everything. And not only are you and your mom entrepreneurs, but you're also philanthropists, which means you give away a lot of things, right? Yes. So we actually just started a campaign um, last year, I would say. So for every doll that's bought on our website, we give one to a young girl in need. And so we always give a back. Um, we started off by giving 10% of our profits away to girl empowerment organizations. But we re I wanted to do a little bit more. 
And so I think this is a great way we're able to go in there. I'm able to read books to different children at shelters and give them the dolls. And it's a great way to really make sure that everybody, all the girls are feeling confident and loving themselves. So here we are. Your business has been going on for three years. You got through COVID. What was it like running a business like Beautiful Curly Me during the pandemic? At first, it was kind of scary because we didn't know what to expect. Everybody was in shock, and we kind of had to shut down a couple of things. We had to focus on our online presence, definitely, and and started selling masks and doing a lot of things virtually. It was kind of hard, but we got used to the transition, and... I think it was kind of helpful for us to really expand our online presence. I forgot I bought my mom one of your matching bonnet and masks. <laughs> I completely forgot that she loved it so much. You, have, you know, and that's so interesting. You took advantage of an opportunity to help people in a different way. Um, because what was really great about these things, they had beautiful African prints and it was just yes. so much fun. They weren't like anything out there. No, they really weren't. <laughs> and we got a lot of notice for that. So. And you had to deal, here's the thing, it's not all beautiful and fun and puppies and rainbows being an entrepreneur. Yes, you have a whole bunch of fans who just love your books, but you had some angry customers too during COVID, right? Yes, so some um, supply chain was definitely backed up. And so some people were like, oh, give me our product. Where is it? And so um, we had to deal with those customers and really were like, I'm sorry, here. That can be very scary. Yes. But you got through it. Yes, we definitely did. And I would say to learn from our customers and what they wanted was helpful as well. So a lot of the challenges that you face, do you think they've made you a stronger person, a better person? Yes, definitely. One of the things I like to say is fail up. So don't be afraid to make mistakes. And I say you can learn from all of your mistakes and all of the challenges just help you be stronger and help other people around you as well to um, support them because they may be going through, You may they may be able to learn from you and you may be able to learn from someone else. Speaking of learning from people, I know that you have some organizations here in Atlanta that you all have worked with to learn a lot of business uh, support and, and get grants and get information to help build your business. Um, are there any in particular that you wanted to mention that people might uh, be able to reach out to? Well, definitely um, the Russell Center, Rice is a great um kind of location for black businesses um, and Goody Nation is another one it helps you with networking and for mompreneurs and also other parents as well there's parentpreneur organization which is very great to have a community of other parents that are dealing with their children and as well as running businesses. Amazing and so right now in a little over three years you've gone from a thousand doll order that your mom put in $5,000 of investment to already profiting in the six figures. What is your next goal? I would say six figures and beyond. Um, well, right now I'm working on different campaigns. So this year I want to 
donate $5,000 to Girls in Need, and I'm hoping to definitely expand that um, as I go on, and I would say just the sky's the limit, so excited for what we can do next. Thank you so much for joining us, and thank you all so much for joining us. Ivana and Zoe Oli can be found at beautifulcurlyme.com, and you just are going to love all of her dolls, all of her products. Thank you for being you. Thank you and so much. Thank you. I hope you thank your mom all the time for listening okay, to you. Yes, I do. Teamwork makes the dream work. It really does. <laughs>